Hey, hello, hello. Welcome to the Eddie Conversation Podcast. My name is Eddie V. Hill and I am your host. Uh, this is episode number 87 and joining me today is Michelle Morte. Hello. Yes, oh hello. My gosh. Yes. Thanks. So exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks for coming out. Um, yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, this is for, I, this is a, a newer, this is a new space I'm trying mm-hmm. out. Um, we're still working on, I'm, this is, we, if you're watching the if you're watching the video form of this, you're looking at this is like thrown up fabric currently, and I'm hoping to to tighten this up. But for now, I mean, I'm a fan. It definitely feels way cozier here than it does like outside currently in uh, the storm. <laughs> yes. Oh, rain, rainy LA days. Yes. Okay. Um, you are a producer. Yes. Um. Oh gosh, where should I start? Like, let's. I guess because the things that I usually like to weigh is whether or not we start where we are now mm-hmm. and like kind of maybe goals on, on who we are currently, or we can always go back to the beginning as well. It's usually, I don't know what, what instinct you had to, do you want to maybe uh, some early foundational stuff on? Sure. sure. Let's, like, let's just go there. Okay. I guess I'll, I'll just start from like the way beginning after birth. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Um, I studied film, basically going into college. I got lucky and had some mentors that basically kind of like saw potential in me and took me under their wing. Um, I think like a year before I had officially graduated from college, which was always nice. Uh, I remember my mom was, or like my parents basically were just like, oh, don't go into film. You're not going to make any money. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, typical parents always looking out for their youngins. Yes. Yeah, so wh- what what background do your parents have? And they're Filipino. not. <laughs> well, I was thinking more profession. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Um, so my mom is a contract specialist and my dad is like a systems architect for a hospital. Yeah. So they don't they don't have the arts backgrounds. That's what I was just trying to confirm. No, not at all. Yeah, they are. They are definitely 100 percent very left brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's funny because like I was so against like taking accounting or taking nursing. And then finally, like they saw that, oh, she can actually make money doing this. We don't really have to worry about her. So here I am. (laughs) Okay. All yeah. right. So how long did it take for you to prove that to the parents? Like, or what did, how did you, was the goal producing from the beginning or? Yeah. How, okay. I think the way that I had proven to them that I could like make a living out of this was just, I ended up fully juggling working as a PA on set and going to school at the same time. And that was like, it was just multiple features back to back. Yeah. While you're in school. Yeah. My professors hated me. <laughs> okay. Because you kept, you were working. Because mm-hmm. I know a lot of film school, like, I don't know how to, I guess I think of most film school kids are like, they think they can't work while they're in school. So they. That's a lie. <laughs> well, it's because, well, I'm paying all this money to be in school. Mm-hmm. I should be in class. But then you're like. Well, the objective of being in school is to work, and if you're getting there. yeah, okay. So how did what was the how did you um was I, yeah? I think it helped 
because like most of my film classes were all night classes. So it was easy to kind of like, I was able to juggle basically my entire morning and afternoon to be on set. And then if I had to leave, then I would go to my line producer and be like, hey, I have classes that I kind of can't like super miss. Or like I have an exam or I have a paper, but yeah, it was all because I was like, I wasn't necessarily a set PA. I was an office PA. So I think that also helped. Okay, great. Now, okay, here's what I'm thinking. Oh. Is we're throwing our, we're throwing around a lot of, a lot of uh, oh, gosh, industry. Jargon. Yeah, a lot of jargon <laughs> already. Um, I just want to clarify some things before we move forward too much. Yeah. Let's just say when people ask you what you do for your job how do you normally explain it to like non-industry people like maybe in the family or friends of family you're like hey this is i'm a producer like mm -hmm. okay what is that yeah you know, that sort of yeah oh how do you gosh. describe it uh i guess the w best way that i can describe it is i am the person that i <laughs> I make sure that the budget doesn't go awry during shoots, um, and I make sure no one dies, basically. That's my number one priority, is always everyone's safety and then money. Yes. Safety first. And then money. And then <laughs> working within the budget. So yeah. you're talking, I guess to clarify, you're talking specifically line producing. Like yes. the credit, the cre that the money, or I guess... Is it line producer or that falls under sole producer sometimes too? I guess it depends on the project. Yeah, it usually depends on like the the amount of like responsibilities that I have to undertake. Um, if I have to start like, I feel as if, I feel like if I have to start putting in more creative input into the project, then that's when I start asking, hey, I don't think I'm a line producer anymore. I'm more of like an actual producer on this project. Okay. All right. I think we can dive more into that maybe. I'm thinking yeah. about like, I'm thinking about when, when those conversations come up. Uh, maybe. Uh, all right. Let's just, my brain is there. Let's just go there. Okay. I'm thinking about like when you're working with a budget for a project, I'm thinking specifically more narrative space. I don't mm -hmm. know if those happen in the non-narrative too i'm sure it yeah happens too. yeah yeah same with like the commercial world as mm -hmm, well mm -hmm. yeah because i know i'm trying to think about we first uh our first interaction was on a on an indie style horror yeah. type feature because mm -hmm. i came in to script supervise on the final it was like an additional three days that popped up on the shoot or something the yeah. script supervisor couldn't do it mm -hmm. so i came on to help finish the show oh my gosh <laughs> you were such a godsend you were such a the fact that you were working digitally oh my god that made me so happy yeah we can talk about script supervisors <laughs> a little bit too i don't cause I, I, that's another thing but um Okay, yes, I appreciate Yeah, I, rem I remember showing up and you're like, wait, I don't have to print all these sheets for you and papers mm -hmm. for you and scripts for you. I'm like, no, no, I'm, I I have this. And yeah. I was a little bit less maintenance for the production department mm -hmm. to handle. So I was happy to yeah. take some weight off. That yeah. was nice. Um, so I'm thinking about when a... I don't know at what point those conversations happen. Is it like pre-production that we're talking about where it's like, hey, we got to make this budget and we need solutions. And 
the more mm-hmm. solutions you start putting out the yeah uh, yeah basically like once they so like for example say i'm given a 1.5 million dollar budget and i have to make it work within a script that's like massively ambitious they have a lot of like explosions they have gun work they have um like car like basically everything under the sun but i have to make it all work within 1.5 that's when i start telling them that like hey you need to start cutting some elements from your script because we cannot make this work with the current budget that we have like you need to cut at least like you need to cut either a gunfight you need to gu- you need to cut like an explosion you just need to cut something yeah like currently we have 20 stunts listed and yeah. maybe and that's going to take up 2 weeks of work i don't know i don't i don't know it's like we got to we got to chop a week off of this we have too much right you know, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so it's like the that kind of input is when i'm usually like all right I think we need to we need to be able to make this work feasibly and creatively so that we're still able to kind of execute your vision without fully like um oh my god I can't think execute of the word execute the vision without compromising the vision Yes yeah. exactly yeah Yes okay so question there just for funsies and because oh, I love funsies <laughs> is uh when you are like what are common budgeting mishaps in film? That's kind of like, like, like what are? Because I'm thinking about because you write mm-hmm. and you've directed, mm-hmm. so you you're familiar with what it takes, like how much the script influences budget, yeah. right? Like that's the whole. So where? What are what are common things that end up costing people a lot of money that they don't, they don't expect to come that kind of trips up production after production where I feel like s- you have to keep giving out the same solutions all the time is like guys we've been through this this yeah. costs lots of money why don't you get this cost lots of money yeah I feel like it's always it's just the script is always like the I don't want to say the script is the issue because the script is always like that's where the job starts but it's just the fact that the script and the budget just would not align in a in a cohesive way and so like next thing you know you're coming up on like fratter days which is a friday saturday combination where you start friday night and then end saturday morning um or like you'll have you'll have meal penalty violations where people are starting to work french hours which suck and French hours are the, th- it's 10 hours straight. There's no break in between. I hated doing yeah, that. Yeah, you can't trust that. Okay, uh-huh. Yeah, so it's just, I feel like a lot of people end up kind of just, uh, they put people's safety on the back burner is basically where I see a lot of the issue coming from. Like, they would rather execute their vision rather than care about, like, giving people a 12-hour turnaround, giving people breaks. and feeding people and letting them sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Okay. Well, I guess maybe take a little bit of a step back. Okay. There's a script. Uh And like you said, there's a budget. And Mm -hmm. there's some sort of misalignment on 
executing the script on this budget yeah but this like you said the script is the thing that got the budget yeah but the budget isn't enough to execute the script Mm -hmm. who's deciding the budget like how or like how in in different circumstances i guess like is there a is there something there that has some solutions built in where maybe we can put ourselves in a better position or is it you know because the solution is always like just get more money yeah 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 yeah. um (coughs) i've hmm how are budgets decided (laughs) i feel (laughs) that's such a great question usually it's always i i'm always reached out to to do like a first pass on a budget and a strip board um, to kind of just make sure that like, oh, this is super preliminary. This is super like still in development. Yeah, you've done that for me. Yeah, on, yeah, on a short. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, it's just that's where you'll get your expectation of how much the how much the movie is going to cost, um, how long it's going to take to shoot it. And where you get your discrepancy is always the fundraising or, like, having a financer. Like, you're not able to get the amount of money that you want. So then now you have to just make do with what you currently have in the bank. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because normally, yeah, you have the financier on the, on the other end where it's I'm the creative and I want to make this and mm-hmm. I come to you and you say this is going to be 1.5 and then I go to my financier and I'm like I need 1.5 then like well we have 1.2 that we're re- ready to put in mm-hmm. and you're like well I guess if I want to do it I should just take that money but I don't know can you just give me the 1.5 and do it right but so like can I get two just for safety you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I feel like usually you should always bid up rather than tell them what the true number is because it's better to have the safety oh god i don't no, know no, if no, you go <laughs> for it. no it's great it's great stuff. it's just a bummer that that's a part of the problem but yeah I, uh-huh. it's yeah it's mm-hmm. it's the one it's the one side of producing that i have been trying to like fully get into is like being able to reach out to financiers because i am able to like i for the most part i'm pretty confident in being able to do everything else but it's just getting financiers to like actually put in money is the one side of producing that i have yet to like hone in on that's the dream that's the hard (laughs) part that's the tricky part yeah i mean i feel like the once the money's in the bank making the thing is actually i I, I don't know it's probably that's the easy part oh yeah getting the money is the hard part yeah Okay, you were saying something, and I was thinking something, and I forgot what it was. Oh no, I'm sorry. Um, okay, what were you saying? Um, <laughs> oh gosh, hold on, I have to let me let me rewind and think about what I was saying. Um, we're talking about bidding up and going mm-hmm. how we have to ask for more than what I guess. Okay, here's the okay. I remember now. It's called. I'm a big fan. Like when I make my little indie stuff. Mm-hmm the trans being as transparent as possible for the team yeah and that because i feel like that mentality is used on set too from like the conversations that everybody has to have with line Mm -hmm. producers on like well i need this for camera or i need this for art we need this much time and then there's always that like everybody's playing the game right it's like (sighs) they're asking for more than what they need and then you have to push back on it yeah it's like can we 
does does honesty does transparency help in that at all and on the production side i guess like i get the the money people yeah there's that game that gets but it's like a different game but then you're on set hopefully yeah i have hopes that transparency <laughs> works and honesty I, is like this I is what i have a full i am a fan of transparency like I feel like you've been on set with me. I will 100% tell you what your day is going to look like and any potential like overtime that we all will be seeing. Um, I know that like there are, uh, I have also gone through that um, those scenarios where production isn't the most transparent um, and it always blew my mind because it would be like production would kind of just oh god I'm trying to think of like the phrasing like they would they would be blown away by how the crews all just don't like them by the end of the show and in the meantime I'm over here like at my little desk on my computer listening to everyone complaining about each other and I'm just like it's because you guys aren't honest like you guys are not fully telling them what they're expecting that's why they're complaining that's why like everyone's in are we allowed to curse on this yeah go for it okay (laughs) that's why like basically everyone's in a shitty mood you know like no one had these expectations and they were not put there you know whereas like if you're transparent with people then they have that expectation going into set sure they're going to complain but at least like they fully understand the situation rather than it just being sprung on them yeah (sighs) okay yes so how speaking of transparency Mm -hmm. i don't know (laughs) i don't know uh because i know i have a a cinematographer buddy i was talking with about this recently he Mm -hmm. was a part of like some union show union union feature and 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 talking about like he was kind of he was he was gaffing for a dp and he was watching this dp negotiate with production on like what they needed Mm -hmm. and he was kind of like seeing the back and forth on the dp was sending way more than he needed because he wanted to get but i'm okay i'm just I'm thinking about where the transparency should start is my thought. I feel like it should just start at the beginning. Like I that's what I always ask for, like from lighting, uh camera, uh grip, basically those three typically I just tell them, Look, give me your wish list and I'll see what I can do with the with either your preferred vendor or y- like a different house that I know I have a current relationship with that I can get a pretty solid deal for run of show. Um, So then I always get the full list. And then if it's out of budget, then I'm just like, just shave something like whatever is not necessary because I asked for a full wish list. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I'm just trying to think. Yeah. I'm also trying to think about the reserves that we hold on to because we know stuff inevitably is going to kind of not like, you know, go wrong on set or like we'll need. Yeah. Like rain's going to rain us out mm-hmm. one day or, you know, speaking of right now in L.A. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know we have to push because of this or mm-hmm. we try to show up. And we paid everybody for the day, but we only shot half the day. Um, you need additional funds in the in the bank to be able to cover for stuff like that. Yeah. 
so it feels it, it feels tricky to be like hey uh team we only have this amount mm-hmm. i'm giving you i'm giving you i don't know i'm thinking like smaller budgets now i'm giving you 20k for your budget but i actually have another 100k i'm holding on to for the production mm-hmm. but you can't dip into that yet so this is what you get for now yeah it's all tricky yeah it's i think that's always like the one thing that kind of sucks because i am such i'm a fan of the transparency that at the same time i'm just like i can't be fully transparent with you about how much the show currently costs you know like if i tell you that we're in a one million dollar budget like we have a one million dollar show i I just hope that everyone understands those expectations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Um, all right. I'm trying to think of um, where we were at initially, but mm-hmm. I'm trying to get back to the initial train. Yeah. 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 But I'm forgetting where it was. So I'm looking at my phone now. I Okay. I'm thinking about... Oh, we're talking about where people make issues on um, the set, and you're you're pointing out pointing out stuff with like overtime and meal penalties, Mm -hmm. and not thinking about the crew. But what about like creative fixes, like the fixes you were saying? Like, Um. I think we talked about that already. Like the stunts (laughs) and the cars and stuff. Just trim those out. Okay, all right, great. (laughs) Next. I want to hear, because I've been dying, this has been something that's been eating at me the entire time I've been working in film, and mm-hmm. maybe going to shine some light, and it's, it's the, the separation of the production space, because mm-hmm. sometimes I get reached out for gigs, for instance, from a producer, mm-hmm. saying, hey, we're looking for a script supervisor, mm-hmm. sometimes it's a production coordinator, yeah. saying, hey, we're looking for a script soup, mm-hmm. sometimes it's a UPM. Sometimes they're like, hi, I'm the script, I'm, th- I'm the production supervisor. So production supervisor versus production coordinator versus unit production manager versus, is, are there are there clear lines on what each of those people do? and Or can you help me on the separation yeah, of that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so there is there is definitely like a bit of a set hierarchy as far as like the production department goes so you have like your office pa i'm going to just basically list out the department um so you have your office pa production secretary uh, assistant production coordinator production coordinator production supervisor upm and then your line producer it's a lot of people um but usually it could be on smaller shows it could be a one person production team or it could be like three people um but there whenever it's a smaller team like three people there is no true set like uh line between each one like we all kind of just we cc each other on everything whatever one knows the other two will always know is kind of like Though that's at least how I've always run my office and how I kind of like set my expectation for whenever I'm production supervising on something for like a friend of mine or line like yeah all that but um I guess like as far as like reaching out to crew usually it just depends on the how well the person knows that the person that they want to reach out to 
is like whether they're going to be a good fit for the show or not. Um, so sometimes it's the line producer. Other times I get surprised by like an office PA giving me a reco. So it kind of just, it's like a mind melding type of thing. You call it reco? Yeah. Versus rec? Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, great. S- all right. That, that makes sense. In the s- on the smaller scale where there's mm-hmm. UPM, I guess, what would the, what would the room be? It's line producer, mm-hmm. UPM and coordinator, let's just say. Yeah. And then you have the bucket of tasks that need to be done. We, mm-hmm. And then it base it c- it's kind of based on who the people are in that specific moment that determines who's tackling what. Yeah, pretty ish, much. Because it's like, yeah, because <laughs> it's like whoever is comfortable with certain tasks, like say your UPM is more comfortable talking to like agents and reps for your talent. Your coordinator is um, more comfortable dealing with like your vendors. And then your line producer is the one that's like, wheeling and dealing with like everyone great okay so the lowest of the tier mm-hmm. is coordinator sorry go again <laughs> yeah uh like uh, i don't want to uh, call them low <laughs> everybody's equal supervisor mm-hmm. production supervisor upm coordinator are kind of equal footing yeah okay yeah because yeah. i'm always like this one is a supervisor i wonder if there is a upm like i'm, I'm trying to piece the room together in my head oh. if there's a supervisor does that mean there's a coordinator somewhere mm-hmm. but i'm just trying to yeah know. so usually like whenever you see a supervisor it just means that they're either a union coordinator or a union upm it's just one of those like kind of throwaway non-union titles that no one really kind of super cares about because they can't really unionize a supervisor since it's a supervisorial role. Yes. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah, that that (laughs) helps. It helps clarify that there's, it's kind of, it's, there's no hard set foundational fundamentals. It's kind of like just production. Yeah. It's, yeah. We're all kind of just basically working towards the same goal, essentially. So we kind of just, no one has any egos basically going into the trailer or your office. <laughs> yeah. 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 Great. Next. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So we, we talked a little bit about like you jumping into film school and stuff, mm-hmm. but um if you want to travel back a little little bit further sure um, just for just for the sake i know like i like i said you have written i know you your most recent instagram post is also sharing an untitled short film script yeah so be pre pre film school mm-hmm. when did film jump on the radar like how did how being being that there's no film background in the family there's no yeah how did how did you where did yeah I think I just kind of I just enjoyed watching movies all the time as like a way of like decompressing from for the day or like not even movies it's like movies tv show like any kind of media and so I remember I I think I oh man I'm trying to remember like what for I I had first edited my my school project and that was when I started thinking oh I could like actually 
get into this like this is a more technical aspect of filmmaking yeah and when 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 what like are you talking elementary school middle school that high was school? high school okay high school yeah um so i had started editing like not only my projects but like other other people's projects too um so long as like there was like a give and take <laughs> mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. we were poor high school kids <laughs> right um so I kind of just found that I was like editing more and then yeah like I remembered that I had first uh PA like set PA'd on a short for another friend of mine in college and it was it was just unorganized um and I remember thinking you know what if these people can like make something I feel like I can totally make something too. You know that feeling? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I, I had a um, sound mixer slash uh, director on recently, and he had a similar story where he's been doing working in sound forever, and mm-hmm. him and his wife co-wrote something and went through the whole process of like producing a thing and hired on a director and did that whole stuff, and then mm-hmm. watched the product come in, and they're Ooh. like they're like this is really bad we don't like what this director did we don't like the edit yeah like if these people yeah if i could direct just as bad as this guy let me <laughs> let me let me have a shot at it right kind of thing. so yeah organizing is a skill <laughs> and it's very helpful on set uh okay so you you saw that as a okay so that was like your first in was mm-hmm. kind of which makes sense is to the producer role mm-hmm Okay. So you did you start okay, go on, I don't wanna Oh no, 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 no. So I don't did you start coordinating for people then? It was like let me help organize your shoot or you're like, Let me organize my own shoots was more of the takeaway. Um, I think it was more the take it was more me organizing my own stuff. Um I knew that I had wanted to be a producer, but I just I think like instead of fully going into like the office route I was just looking at everyone's scripts that I got sent to me and I was just like all right I I'm pretty sure the proper way to do this is to like obviously buy the script from this person that way I can like own the rights I can shoot it um and yeah yeah are we still talking? Because you mentioned college friends, set PA. So is this high school Michelle working? College on Michelle. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So yeah. you're already in film school at this point. I had just transitioned into film school. Okay. Yeah. So I'm looking for the bridge that takes us from oh, editing the school project, mm-hmm. and and then thinking I want to get more into it. Did did you make anything in high school too? Like were you directing and writing or No. Mm-hmm. So it was more just like I was solely just editing in high school and then once I got into college it I didn't go straight to film school from like when I first entered. It took me about like gosh, 3 years before I could finally be like, look, film is my passion. This is what I'm going to go for and this is we're going to just throw caution into the wind and hope for the best. What did you jump into first, did we say? Um, I don't I don't know. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I did, I jumped into the engineering track. And I, Me I too. 
Okay. I did specifically mining engineering. Oh, whoa. Because um, I was in Nevada, so it's a big mining state. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I completed my bachelor's and then transitioned after. I didn't go to film school, so I did my own film school afterwards. Mm-hmm. But similar thing was like, the logistical brain and the yeah. like all the all the excel sheets and mm-hmm. the planning mm-hmm. and the feasibility studies and whatnot but i'm um, okay so you, you you pursued an engineering track too yeah i so basically i had um oh my gosh i i'm sorry i like get flustered uh, <laughs> okay uh-huh um, horrible memories it, I had started out as a computer science engineer um, in the engineering school, and then I went into my first engineering class and immediately went, this is not for me. <laughs> the, everyone kind of like just kept to themselves. Like the course itself wasn't hard, but it was just a matter of like making any kind of interpersonal relationships and connections with other people. And like you could kind of, tell you have one side of the classroom that is they're just there to fulfill like their parents orders or dreams that have been thrusted upon them for a better life and then you see there are other people on the other side of the aisle that are just like oh I enjoy this but I don't enjoy people you know so yeah yeah. so it was kind of hard to like want like it was just hard to make friends with people but like yeah yeah it didn't feel like uh your people yeah there was no it's just yeah i have yeah i feel similarly for sure Mm -hmm. i mean mining engineering people are are a specific breed for sure oh man uh, like unless unless you're a big fan of almost like the outdoor space in terms of like isolation and like going out hunting Mm -hmm. or ATVing or that sort of stuff like fishing and and getting drunk ATVing like that sort of (laughs) like that sort of activity I'm like I'm not it's not my uh, it seems like maybe a fun weekend but that's not like your daily (laughs) cup of tea yeah Yeah, so there's a little (laughs) yeah yeah, no, I, yeah, I get it. Okay, so did you, what were you doing creatively during, were you doing anything creatively during that time? Like, did, was this PA gig overlapping with the engineer pursuit or? No, so the PA gig was, it was like right when I got into the film school was when I, a friend of mine had reached out to me and he's like, hey, I wrote something. Um, and I know that you're just barely getting into the industry. Do you want to like see what it's like to be on set? Uh, so yeah, that was, I feel like student indie shorts is definitely, it's a different beast compared to like a full narrative feature. Yeah. Yes. For sure. Yeah, you're. I feel like I definitely sacrificed like hours of sleep because I was like, okay, I am fourteen hours in. I'm first in, last out, uh, and the turnaround was absolute horseshit. And you're talking about the student, the yeah. student project. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's 
That's where we learn all the lessons, right? That's, That's the whole. True. I learned how to be fine with just sleeping in my car and just be like, "All right, this is me now." Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the the day, the expectation of the day is twelve hour day, and then like you said, you're first in and last out. Mm-hmm. That's kind of one of the perks of being a script supervisor, I must <laughs> say too, is I'm last in and first out. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> and it's lovely, um, but yeah, okay. Great. So I guess I'm trying to also see like where um, directing and writing fits into all of it. Uh, if that's is, um, I'm just thinking about like the dream, the film, the film dream. Yeah. I, I know we've talked before a little yeah, bit yeah, about yeah. it. If it, because I know, pro- yeah, okay, producing versus the writing and directing side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like. <laughs> I think I, so I had written something previously to what I had posted on Instagram. Um, I shot and directed it for less than a thousand bucks. And it, it's one of like the, I guess one of the only projects that I like fully like immersed myself into doing. And then after I did it, I was just like, all right, I'm good. <laughs> I don't want to. How recent was this? Gosh, uh, not recent. That was. Because I know I on your um, on your website you have links to a couple of your shorts there, and those are dating back to like 2015, 2016. Yeah. So the the one that I directed was back in 2015, mm-hmm. um, and I think like reflections. Yeah. Oh my god. I was checking it out just a little little bit ago. <laughs> Uh, okay, so that's the one. You, is that the one you're referring to? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that one, I think, because it was all night shoots, um, and I had shot it over the course of a weekend. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I shot it after hours at this diner, um, and I only shot it for like eight hours per day, and I was just, I think, like after I did it, and like after I had saw it, like seen it come to fruition and saw like the final edit. Uh, and like finally had it in my grasp and was able to put it out into like the world, I was like, all right, I think, I think I'm good for the time being. Like, I think creatively I'm, I'm going to just pause and then focus more on like my career. So that's kind of what I did. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, you had you had some sort of urge to do something creative at that time. That mm-hmm. c- you got that out of your system, and you've been doing the producer track essentially since then. Yeah, full on. Now, are you? Is there a part of you that wants to try it again? Is that coming back up or no? Not at all. It it was coming back up. Um, gosh, I want to say in December yeah December was when it had started coming back up mainly just because like I was seeing a lot of like adaptations for HP Lovecraft Mm. I saw um that Junji Ito Tales of the Macabre was coming out on Netflix um I didn't work on it but just plugging it because it's an excellent show uh (laughs) um So, like, I saw that all of these adaptations were coming about, and I knew that there was one adaptation specifically that I had wanted to try out, which was Edgar Allan Poe, um, Mask of the Red Death specifically, just because 
when I had first read it, I saw there was so much potential for it to be like just absolutely extravagant. You know, you could shoot it at like you could uh let me see. I was thinking of shooting it basically like at the Biltmore, the ballroom setting there. Mm-hmm. And just having like every different color, every di- like you could have Phantom of the Opera type of costumes. Yeah, yeah that stuff's fun. Yeah. Um, I guess to clarify, because I'm not too familiar with the story, what is what is that story? It's we kind of lived through it in 2020. Oh no. <laughs> Minus the Phantom of the Opera vibes. Minus the Phantom of the Opera vibes. So basically, it's just there. Essentially, there was a pandemic that happened, and then. Um, There was just this one man who held parties every day and kind of just let the world rot and like not really think about what was happening on the outside until Red Death obviously like comes into the party and basically crashes it and kind of just shows the people, hey, you guys should not be acting this extravagantly when there's like suffering out in yeah, the world. Yeah, it's like reality, reality setting in kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you wrote that mm-hmm. recently. I wrote it last year. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I wrote it last year. I think just because I w- I December January is typically our downtime anyways since no one wants to shoot over the holidays mm-hmm. uh so i was like all right well i got nothing but better to do yeah because <laughs> you, you i'm looking at the instagram right now oh man you say <laughs> six years and eight hours later yeah yeah so i i basically wrote that all in the span of one day um but i had always wanted the thought like it had followed me like six years later of like wanting to do specifically that story. Nice. Yeah. Cool. So is this is this something that you'd be um, that you want to direct as well, or George, or just putting it on on the page is kind of good for now, kind of thing. I think I personally I would not want to direct it. I would love to have someone else direct it, um, just because I. I don't know like I I would be fine sitting behind monitor and kind of watching everything but like it's just out in the world yeah aka like producing it yeah (laughs) being the writer on set maybe Mm -hmm. too yeah Mm -hmm. so it's like I could if we need to like cut something then like we can it's easy for me to be like oh yeah if it's not really like hurting the integrity of the story then like it's fine right yeah Yeah, that's great that's great (laughs) Yeah, let somebody else deal with all the minutia of... Uh, Actors. Yeah. Cast specifically? Yeah. Is that the part that scares you? I think so. <laughs> okay. It's just mainly just... Yeah. I'm used to delegating to other people, but like I feel like with talent, I'm just... I don't know. There's something uh, there's something more daunting about dealing with talent than dealing with crew. <laughs> yeah. Have you have you ever... I mean, I know off camera you're talking about being on camera and like nerves there potentially um so you have you ever taken like an acting class or done any of that work like in in film school or any or anywhere um i did like a theater camp one summer but that was like back when i was like a wee wee babe Mm -hmm. um but that was pretty much like my only true like yeah seeing it yeah it's hard it's hard 
but it's helpful for directing actors oh. to step in those shoes. Um, but yeah, that's not a goal, so don't <laughs> don't worry about having to do it. Uh, okay, so that's the untitled short film. Nice. Let's see. I'm thinking about. Let's just go to let's go. I'm thi- all right. Branded content. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's dive right into branded content. Yeah. So, what do you? You do a lot of branded stuff lately? Mm-hmm. Is that, it's, yeah. Yeah. Like I've basically kind of just, I linked up with another production company over the summer. Um, and we've just been putting out a lot of content for uh, Indeed.com, uh, which is, as most people would know, is just a job search board. Uh, but it also like gives like tips and tricks on like how to have a successful resume, like how to ace your interview, and kind of just like all of these different like kind of life hack type of things to help make you feel productive and not feel as if you're worn out from work. <coughs> Basically just plugging Indeed.com at this point. Yes, yes, <laughs> Indeed.com if you're looking for a job. Uh, okay, so what, how, ha- how does it differ going from, because we've been mostly focused on narrative space stuff. Mm-hmm. How does it change producing for Indeed.com oh, <laughs> or branded um, or branded in general? We don't want to call them, not call out their practices specifically. but Oh, yeah. No, I 100%. Um, I feel like branded and like basically, because I feel like branded and reality kind of go hand in hand with each other. Uh, they're on like a smaller ish scale, but they also kind of just do their own thing most of the time. Um, but branded content also adheres to like the guidelines of like a commercial shoot as well. You know, like you're not just r- doing like a run and gun shoot with like a camera and like a shotgun mic on top of it and kind of just hope for the best. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Okay, well, how, being that you're, like, so are, like, thinking about, like, are you, you're working with a production company. Mm-hmm. This production company has Indeed.com as a client. Yeah. So, I'm trying to figure out from the producer perspective, because you're producing these pieces, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how that process goes. Like, do they come to the table with, these are a list of videos that we want to do, or do they task you with, we need videos and pitch us ideas on what you think would be good ideas um it would be more like they so basically the client basically just says like hey we want we don't want our channel or our social media to go dark we want you to create videos but these are like our guidelines like for this each series that you're going to be basically producing So we have a writing team that kind of just writes everything. um, And then we just send, usually we'll just send those scripts over to client and uh, legal so that they can clear it for us to shoot without having to deal with any like clearance stuff. And then client will just say, oh, we love it. Like creatively it works. And then I step in typically and I'm just like, this is not, we can't do man on the street because we have no time. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, <coughs> just a lot of rigmarole. Right, so, so you, so you, st- that's when you step in. You're not a part of the writer room. No story breaking. Mm-mm. 
I just I give the assignment and then once it's been basically once it's been greenlit by client that's when I'll look at the script and I'm just like all right client sees this they like it we may need to tone down a few elements so I need you to do a rewrite and then we'll send it to client again because basically the whole point of it is to get client to approve of the initial idea as a whole first before we can get into the smaller details of it all yeah sounds about right yeah yes okay I'm just also wondering about like stuff you stuff you pick up along the along the way too with like I'm thinking I was just going through like the list of some of the list of videos that come through on on the on the job seeking stuff like with the resume like I'm mm-hmm. is are you absor- is that a space where like you're absorbing them like are you you're not like on set for this and stuff I do okay. like I I for the most part we they've been shooting out in like Sacramento and LA. Mm-hmm. So I have flown to Sacramento's more Sacramento more times than I can count. Okay. Okay. Yeah, cuz I was curious about I don't know, I was almost going to ask questions about like so what's up with like the job search industry? Right <laughs> <now>? <laughs> Cuz I was I, I thought it was interesting that a lot of the videos it was probably just the ones that I looked at specifically from like last year. Mhm but customer service seemed popular right now. Yeah. And I was wondering what, if you had any insights on like what's up with that? Uh, unfortunately, no. <laughs> so a lot of, uh, there is a series called A Day in the Life and that one is the one where I kind of, I stepped back to let them kind of just do their thing without having to, because it was a small shoot, like you only had like a producer shooter, it was almost donkey style. Yeah, yeah, like it just following the person around, see what like a day in the life is like in their in their like job. Yeah, so I was just like, all right, I'm going to just be in the way. I just told them all of their stipulations, like with releases and et cetera, et cetera. And so I was just like, all right, gonna. Yeah, I think there was a couple of videos too, but I was I guess I was mostly mulling over the. Uh, I don't know. I'm just there's lots of business. There's been lots of stories about like mm-hmm. what AI does for us and all that, and, oh gosh. and taking over all of our jobs. Yeah, it's so scary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, with like the art generators, and then now the text mm-hmm. generators, and then I'm like, well, I guess customer service. I think we do appreciate having a human on the other side of the line to help us yeah. through. Yeah. <coughs> help us through our stuff so i was like i guess i guess that maybe i should freshen up on my customer <laughs> service abilities for the inevitable day when oh, don't say that when, a, when no. a when an ai can manage the 180 line and see if it's going to cut or just cut stuff that's that's kind of the there's yeah who knows we'll see oh gosh i no i am not ready to retire just yet not yet <laughs> not yet Okay. Well, I mean, I was also learning about stuff of like coffee and all that. Like there's a whole video about coffee recently what? and the coffee and like, you know, uh, the video, I was, uh, this is just me regurgitating something I learned today. <laughs> I don't, I don't drink coffee, mm-hmm. but it's just a reminder for people to be like, coffee's not enough. You have to eat food as well. 
And but don't just eat mindlessly at your desk. Don't be a zombie eater. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, this is like a nice video. This is cool. Yeah. But be mindful about what you're putting inside your body. Yeah. yeah. I have definitely I have a really bad habit of like not eating properly on set whenever I'm working, specifically like on features. Mm-hmm. Uh so usually if someone sees me with just my computer and a diet coke, they're kinda like, All right. Have you eaten today? Have you had like any kind of sustenance outside of soda and like coffee? Basically caffeine overload. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's a great question. Have you had water and aka food? Oh, I haven't. Thanks for checking in. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's me most of the time. Yeah. (laughs) That happens. I've been getting better about drinking more water though. So... Uh, that's the only thing that I'm proud of. How'd you how'd you conquer that? After <laughs> basically it would just be after one caffeinated drink, then I would ha- I would force myself to now drink like two bottles of water or attempt to drink two bottles of water before I can have my next caffeinated drink. Okay. It's not like you bought one of those one of those big containers that has like Oh I like did. Oh you have one of those too? Yeah. Where it's like ten ten AM mm-hmm. noon. Yeah. Or it goes the other way around, top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I originally bought it as a joke gift for my mom because she also has a terrible like time drinking water. She thinks that she's like drowning whenever she drinks water. And I was like, all right, woman, you need to this, this. Oh, my God. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. You need to sit down and drink this much water. It's just a gallon. Apparently, that's like your how much you need to survive as a human per day. Yeah, the the uh, the ideal optimal amount. Yeah. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. Research research shows. <laughs> okay. So I got that for her as a joke gift, and then she stopped using it. So then I started using it, and that's kind of been like my gauge. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Water's important. Mm-hmm. Life giving. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Well, I'm trying to think here too. Um, this is this is a nice, easy one. I feel, but I don't have much experience in this realm, which is why I'm asking. Mm-hmm. I believe I'm asking because you maybe had a post about it, but it's called uh, a tech scout. <gasps> oh man. Um. So maybe clarification for for people, not for me, of course. Yeah. But like what a tech scout is. And um, then I have a follow up. Like, what? What's what? Like, what is the whole point of a tech scout? Like, we're looking for. Mm-hmm. We're this is this is early pre booking, yeah? Is that or is that no. after booking? So this is so tech scout basically uh, is your last scout of all of your locations before shooting. This is a scout that you need to make sure all of your department heads are there. So you have your. Um, you have your gaffer, you have your DP, you have your key grip, you have your location manager who's who obviously has like all of the relationships with these locations. You have your UPM or your production supervisor, depending. You have your line producer who's also there. Um, and then just... Uh, director. Yeah, director also goes to... Art, probably. Production art pr- design. Uh, sound. sound also comes in um so basically those are all of the department heads that will go with you um typically we'll all just get into a van and then drive to each location 
Uh, once you get to each location, you let your department heads kind of do their thing. Director and DP will just basically go into space, kind of see where like the shots are going to be. Um, and then like they'll they'll have a conversation with lighting, see how they're going to light the space. Uh, lighting will also kind of just check to see what house power is like to see whether like location will need an additional generator in order to fully power like those big LED lights that you typically see. Um, art department will come in, also see the space, see where they can stage their furniture and other props, see how they're going to dress it. Uh, it usually like, I feel like going into a tech scout, it always helps everyone going into the shoot because then now no one is fully blind going into each new location everyone kind of has like an understanding of oh this is where i'm going to set up we're not going to be in the way of any other department this is this is going to be cohesive into getting our day done oh, we, we didn't mention the ad is the ad there yes okay, oh great. shoot yeah <laughs> the ad um, will definitely be there it should be there, it should be there. <laughs> Um, okay, that sounds that sounds about right. Mm -hmm. Very helpful stuff. Yeah. Uh, I guess maybe d are there. Question is, where do people trip up on the tech scout? Like, or like I could imagine a tech scout. Like, I don't know how quick. Like the expectation is when you've been on a many tech scouts, it's mm -hmm. like, all right, guys, we don't have to spend this much time right now. Or is the idea take as much time as you need and we'll be here as long as we need or is a quick in and out is kind of the hope. So typically we'll schedule for like an hour per location. It gives everyone like time to fully kind of suss out uh, basically where we're going to live for like gotcha. 12 hours okay. a day. <laughs> all right. So you have an hour figured yeah. out. And yeah. then we'll pull you and you're mm -hmm. probably yanking the director and the DP. It's like, no, we want to have more to look at. We have. Yeah. It's like, no, we got to go. We got a whole day. Yeah. Basically yeah. wrangle them because usually like after the tech scout, then we'll have a full pre-production meeting. Mm -hmm. And that takes about like. It takes forever. Gosh, it really does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're useful. They are useful. But man. Yeah, unless you're the people that are directly leading it and involved, it's kind of a mm -hmm. trudge. I, yeah, that's why I usually, like, whenever I have to be on it, I, I'm just on my computer. I have the script open on one side, and then I have emails on the other you side. stay productive. Yeah. Great. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, because then you'll hear your name on occasion, and mm -hmm. you're like, wait, money, what? All right, um, sorry, what was that? And yeah. then you... Just like get back to work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. I am, cause I, I th th the thing that I think about too is like, I guess the reason I ask about tripping up during a, during a tech scout is <coughs> I'm all too familiar, let's just say from the script supervisor chair watching, um, I guess that this is more, this is more indie specific, but I feel like lesser experienced department heads go into go into a space and not being familiar of what they're supposed to do like like directors sometimes are like all right it's time to do the blocking and they don't know what like a blocking rehearsal is they'll get into like a full rehearsal talk creative and stuff it's like no we just need to know where yeah. everybody's gonna be mm -hmm. so we can send them to makeup 
and light the space and then you can go into the full stuff after mm -hmm. but give us just the generalities of what the movement's going to be yeah so we can plan and prep for that yeah but sometimes they don't know what the expectation is or like what the actual activity is supposed to like what the purpose is mm -hmm. so i th imagine that would be a similar space i'm sure you get it quick i mean you're going to so many locations i don't know how you would get confused at what you're doing yeah um yeah i feel like you kind of i feel like with the nature of our job it's just easy to pick up on everything that you need to like checklist out as far as like say on a tech scout like what you or just like expectations as you were saying on like a blocking rehearsal versus a full rehearsal so i think it's just trusting people to kind of just pick up on certain things until this is where like i usually say hey to like everyone at the pre-production meeting i'm always just like look i would rather everyone just ask questions ask whatever questions you have if you're unsure about something come out and reach out to us because we would rather have you asking questions than you fucking up and us having to redo it all over again that is that yeah, verbatim yes <laughs> right sure but i'm the director and i'm mm -hmm. very insecure about my abilities i'm not going to speak up and say i don't know certain things i want you to think that i do yes but then you can tell that i don't mm -hmm. so how do you approach that um usually i'll take i'll take like the director aside and i'll be like hey i understand that you want to go through like go through and see everything but i need to get our talent on the like we need to get talent into the chair that way we can just get everything ready and then you can do a full like rehearsal like basically i would just take them aside and kind of just explain the full um procedure of it all yeah i mean directors are a lot like actors mm -hmm. like I feel like directors are definitely easier <laughs> to handle, though, than actors think, are. Yeah. Think? How Directors are pretty good at taking notes. And yeah. Yeah. I've never, I haven't really, like, experienced a massively unresponsive director. Um, usually whenever they feel as if they need notes, that's when they'll, like, oh, I can, you know, like, you can gauge someone. And then at the same time, you can also be, like, oh. <laughs> yeah that's good it sounds like you work with good directors that's yeah. nice that's nice i do want to eventually <laughs> work with you as a director too yeah that, yeah yeah i got I, I can i got stuff in the works it'd be hey. great yeah <laughs> yeah no i mean having a having a good team is helpful having good people mm -hmm. is helpful and then i i hope to yeah i, I want to direct more too i need a producer yeah great um all right so that that was a tech scout question but um how maybe we can talk a little bit i have a couple all right i got we're, we're doing good um uh, i don't know if there's anything really here but maybe there is and this is just this pre uh, post-production we can try okay well <laughs> how how involved do you normally get in that phase because as a line producer I'm sh yes. yeah basically like as a line producer my job is done once we start once we finish shooting mm -hmm. um as far as post-production goes i just try and make sure that there's still 
you know, like I kept my portion of the budget in line. That way post can go in still fully comfortable, like to go to a color house or like what have you and kind of just bid their show out. So I usually just try and keep money in a good spot for post. But if anything, the most that I really deal with post-production is always just seeing like the different picture locks and then that's it <laughs> okay okay so your your job is just to make sure you wrap production with enough budget so they can finish the movie in post but mm -hmm. you don't really like you're like you have the money yeah the things are set up now go and do the stuff you don't really mm -hmm. have to be a part of but when you are producer producer mm -hmm. and you've done all the creative input along the way yeah you then continue yeah. okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So how, yeah so basically like once i once i'm like a full producer producer that's when i can i would i feel more comfortable being able to say hey i don't think there's something weird going on like here at 5310 timestamp for example like is there a way to kind of just finesse it so it doesn't feel as awkward like watching it um so stuff like that Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So yeah, you'll give you'll give notes on edits and you'll work with the director in some standpoint to smooth it out or Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's still like a collaborative effort between like director, producer and editor. Yeah. I guess that's the hope, right? That's the yeah. idea. Is like you're yeah, the 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 ideal situation is that you're like the you're the you're the audience eyes because mm -hmm. when I'm editing my stuff as a director and I'm in the, I'm in, I'm in the bay doing mm -hmm. the stuff, like I get so lost on like, oh. oh, not like I get lost in the space where I've worked on it for so long. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't have, I don't get the initial reaction on a watch through anymore. Like, oh, I'm, I'm too deep in. I can't yeah. really see it anymore. I know what I'm going for and I can feel out pacing here and there, but I don't know how it's affecting person who's never seen it before mm -hmm. so i'm assuming i mean that's kind of like hopefully i mean you haven't watched it as much as i have so yeah. you would have fresher eyes yeah i mean like it doesn't make sense mm -hmm. that this is like oh i felt like it did but i've talked myself into it so much already i'm too oh. you know, like that sort of stuff happens well yeah they'll get that and then let's put this because i think this will tell them that this is happening but maybe it doesn't grab mm-hmm yeah, that's just just a thought. <laughs> Great. I feel like editors definitely have way more pressure on their shoulders than like than my job because they have to bring out basically like the final product mm -hmm. in the end, and then it's just that's fun. Oh gosh. Well, I know it. D it is a lot. Editors. Yeah, good stuff. Hats off to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's nice. I've n I've yeah, I've never really edited other people's stuff. But mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think let's let's close out. I want to jump into. I kind of want to jump. I want to try a a non, um, film topic. Okay. So I guess to remind me and remind. I don't know if you clarified specifically. So, we're currently well. We're currently in Pasadena, California. Mm -hmm. Uh a.k.a. Los Angeles area, California. Yeah. Um, have you 
have you always lived here? I don't I don't recall. Are you LA centric? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I basically was born, raised, and like grew up in uh, Torrance, California, which is, gosh, about like 15 minutes down south of LAX. For our non-California people, it is still within Los Angeles County, just not considered LA for whatever reason. Because we're too far. Yes. (laughs) Let's see. I'm just going to look it up really quick. Is that Torrance? Okay. Yeah. That's towards like Long Beach, Mm -hmm. almost as south. Not, yeah, it's just as south as Anaheim, but just on the coast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you, you're, so you grew up here. Yeah. And you've been here forever. Yes. Yeah. All right. (laughs) <laughs> All right, that kind of takes that doesn't uh, that hurts my question a little oh bit. Oh no, no, I'm it's so fine, sorry. It's fine. It's fine. Um, I guess the question is about uh, friendship. How do you how do you approach the film industry and like the friends that like work friends versus friend like friends or how does how do friends play and like the we always like to talk about work life balance. Yeah. What's your What's your life balance <laughs> part? Do you, or is it? Um. Oh gosh, what's my life balance part? Well, just how do friends play into the into? How do you approach the friend stuff? Oh, I typically it's always like it's a weird mixture of them reaching out to me and me reaching out to them. Um, as terrible as it is, like there there are some people pre film that like I sadly lost touch with just because like you know we're all kind of just going on our own ways um in our wonderful thing called life uh so like if I see something about them on say some kind of social media be it like Instagram or Facebook and I see that they're local then I'll be like hey if you're in town do you want to like, I know it's been a while, but do you want to grab a drink, get coffee, go out to dinner, like lunch, etc., and kind of just like catch up? So that's kind of, it's how I've approached most of my outside of film friendships and like how a few of like my pre-film people are kind of just like, they do the same thing to me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. It's usually like out of the blue. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that sounds about right. Okay, I know. I know. Lately, because like you mentioned, the slow season, um, mm-hmm. being the holidays and the coming back in. The January is always a slow start, and now we're in February. We're heading into March. Is it March right it's now? It's March now. Yeah. March first. Oh my gosh. <sighs> yeah, I know that. Um, I've been trying to think about friends more <laughs> lately yeah and how that how that plays into that that balance and what the balance means and because normally prior to it's more about like been all right let's let's because i moved to la mm-hmm. this is gonna be uh, just been over four years now so Ooh. yeah yeah it's exciting Ooh. uh so thinking about like all right it's been about establishing the 
the the film life and mm-hmm. the freelance life and making sure those connections are are being made and networking has been made and most yeah. of my interactions have been in that sense is like all right well let's let's meet up and shoot something or let's mm-hmm. meet up and talk shop or let's meet up and talk talk about projects we can do together and yeah like it almost just feels like producer ready doing a lot of the meetups and mm-hmm. it's like all right well what there there's uh it feels like there's now working more on the like all right what is what is a what is a real friend yeah <laughs> look like how can and i how like cultivate the non-work side yeah so yeah no i know that's been a thing lately but i was just all right so you so okay so that's all right so more of the sporadic catch up here and there and just keeping up yeah, and, yeah. kind of just like I also try and make it a point to not really check my phone either whenever I'm out with people just Mm -hmm. because I don't like that my phone is just linked to all uh, forms of my communication to do my job. So You have an Apple Watch too, yeah? That's that's buzzing the whole time. I do have an Apple Watch. Yeah. No, it's, it's not bad. Um, but yeah, like I try to, if anything, like if I go out to dinner or drinks, like I'll, I get uncomfortable like feeling my phone in my back pocket. So I'll sometimes just put it on the table or like the bar and just have it face down. That way no one can see it lighting up or anything. Yeah. What about the do not disturb function? Is that risky? Like you might miss something? Yeah. I just like, I, I don't want... My fear for do not disturb is like if I get something from family and it's like an emergency and I didn't catch it in time. Mm -hmm. So that kind of stuff. But like for the most part, like it's all because everything goes straight to my watch anyways. Then I just see, oh, I can just ignore this. You can see the (laughs) colors and the names. You're like, okay, anyway, back to the the hang. (coughs) Um, What about... It's just for the sake of asking too, because this is something I guess I'm just this is something I'm working on. But it's called the the group hang. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I'm putting together uh, with my girlfriend a little game night for this week and stuff. Ooh. Like we're doing we're we're doing that. Um, but it's not something that's something I was normally doing pre LA. Mm-hmm. Like that's like pre that's pre LA Eddie. I haven't really focused too much on getting a group of people together because los angeles my yeah. excuse has been that <laughs> it's it's hard to get people together like coordinating schedules mm-hmm. especially if you have film friends and non-film friends or if you want to mix and mingle the the yeah. groups locking down a date in this town for like oh you're coming from torrance and you're coming from santa clarita and yeah. you're coming from pasadena and yeah it's just like it's hard to wrangle stuff but yeah yeah um it's funny that you say that because usually like out of usually like within uh, like my friend group too I'm the person that will put everything together I will just well, you're the coordinator <laughs> like I'll send out like a google form and be like everyone pick a date just pick a date that works best within your schedule out of the five dates that I have presented to you mm-hmm. and then wh- whichever one obviously like it's the highest vote then i'm like all right we're gonna do this at this date and this time here's uh, here are like a few suggestions like if we're gonna go out drinking like i say i suggest obviously taking a lift or an uber um 
obviously hydration is key sure it's like yeah. a whole do you do the whole call sheet thing too almost yeah. like unlike a group chat <laughs> yeah yeah here's the time here's the place mm-hmm. here's a picture of parking park here yeah. location here kind of still say be mindful of signage because production is not going to pay for any tickets toes fees that you may incur while having fun <laughs> yeah yes okay so that uh, how do you I guess maybe this is for me too, but how do you, like when you do plan a group event like that, mm-hmm. how do you balance finding a, a date and also knowing, like, how do you balance the date with work? Like, yeah. Like, not knowing you might pick something up that might over, yeah. or, or you consistent enough where you know. I think, yeah, I think it's the latter where it's just I've been able, thankfully, I've been able to kind of dictate my schedule where I refuse to work on the weekend because <laughs> I that's need. That's great. Because, yeah. About, unless you're on a show that's shooting or. Yeah. Shooting, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But for the most part, I usually will just put everyone on a group chat and kind of just say, all right, it's time, y'all. <laughs> And yeah. And it works. Yeah. That's great. Okay. Yeah. Those, the boundaries of work. That's mm-hmm. nice too. Weekends yeah. are off. Yeah. I try and kind of just keep like a, I try really hard to really make that clear separation of work and life just because I have done it. God, I don't want to say that I've done this long enough because I still feel like I'm a wee babe in this industry, but like I've done it long enough where I've seen what my life would be like if I solely focused on work, you know, where you're just kind of not giving yourself space to rest, like to, or like not even to rest, to just kind of enjoy your own time, like your own mentality without feeling as if you're like being bogged down by worrying for the following day. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Cause work, like you said, if left unchecked can consume everything Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so that's why i kind of i think the pandemic also helped make me make that clear line of like my room is my sacred space i would prefer not to be working here but like if i need to take a call i'll do it but for the most part i'll just work out of my dining room that way it's just there's a physical line of what is work versus life that sounds great yeah that sounds great okay well i don't know i'm just i'll I'll wind us out with talking (laughs) about this year what do you uh what are the what are the yeah what are the goals this year what do you narrative versus with a production company Mm -hmm. so i'm assuming that's a thing but anything outside of that you're looking to do or I do want to, I want to get back into features again, to be honest. Like, I feel like I, so I had previously, last year, I decided to work over at AFI because I felt that I was getting too burnt out prior to January of 2022 by just working constantly. Um, So I took a job there, uh, worked there for six months. And then immediately went, I am ready to go back. Yeah, what kind of job? It was, uh, like, it was still as a production coordinator, but, like, as a staff production coordinator. So it kind of wasn't really the same 
um, it the workflow just wasn't the same. It was more bureaucratic, and I am not a huge fan of well, bureaucratic. Yeah, you're you're a part of a school system now. Yeah, yeah. it was. It's yeah. not it's not film anymore. No, I had to I had to definitely check my language a lot. I like I had to definitely. I've been hanging out with way too many teensters. <laughs> So, like, my mouth is basically like a sailor's, which I'm kind of surprised it's not coming out yeah, as I don't often know. I here. think it's, it's <laughs> a, yeah, okay, makes sense. Okay, so you left AFI. Mm -hmm. And then I went straight into a digital series. And then after that digital series, I went into this whole branded content contract. And then I've kind of just been doing, yeah, I've just been doing that for a while. So I wanted to, like, dip my toes back into doing features again, which... I may have one potentially out in Kentucky later this year. <laughs> okay, nice. Yeah. <coughs> what's your, I guess, I don't know for the sake of it, what's your feature <laughs> approach? Like uh, how do you, did you whack your teeth? Yeah. Oh, no. It's okay. <laughs> uh, how do you approach um, that? Like, do you, I know I've, I've, some producers have like a slate of films that they're actively pushing. Mm-hmm. Or is it like you, you get reached out to when things are closer for it's the line producing yeah. stuff? Okay, more of more of that yeah. than, than the... Rather than pushing The, the all-encompassing producer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is, I guess, like the overall goal, though, for the most part, which like for this year is mainly I want to get more writers and like read more scripts. That way I can push it out into the world to get it made. So that's definitely, that's at least my goal this year. Yeah. Talk to more writers, to read more stuff, to have more stuff to push. Mm -hmm. Great. I have some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <coughs> please. I didn't I mean to cough into the mic there. <laughs> I was a little. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Great. Okay. So narrative sounds nice mm -hmm. to you right now. Great. Cool. I don't know what I'm up to. I don't know. We'll see. This is the this is the year of the film festival circuit, oh, which I've never done before. Oh so. my gosh! But that's also very exciting. We'll see. We'll see. It's exciting when you start getting accepted into places. Mm -hmm. Until then, it's just um, daunting. It's just like, is anybody gonna take this at all? Kind of, no. feel, you know, that's they're just those, you know, those. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But that's that's the waiting game for me currently. And then uh, we'll see. Script soup work. Oh my god! We'll see. So exciting. Yeah, yeah. Always, um, but cool. That's. I mean, that's essentially what I got here. I think mm -hmm. that's. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you coming on and yeah. sharing sharing insights and yeah. Sorry, it was all like logistical talk. No, it's great. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully they enjoyed it at home, hearing about all the stuff and maybe learning something about line producing. Hopefully, fingers yeah, crossed. Yeah, <laughs> fingers crossed. Great. Okay. Well, I think that's the show. Uh, yeah, find the show. Leave a like, leave a comment. Do all the do all the stuff. Share, share around. Um, but otherwise, yeah. Again, great to have you. And Thank you so much for having me. And that's the show. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bum, 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 bum.